morning. It is such a pleasure to be before you this morning, and I'm very thankful always, as my friend Pastor Matt and Sharon are great friends of ours, uh, and just being a part of you all service and just welcoming us being here. So I'm very thankful. Amen. Uh, the title of my message today uh, is The Glory. Um, of course, for us at Church in the City, we're in this season. Of course, we've all celebrated uh, Passover. I'm a Messianic pastor, and we count up to the time of the giving of, of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And of course, at the same time, we, we see that the scriptures also succinctly tell us that it's at the same time of the giving of God's word on the mountain in Exodus chapter 19. So we count this as a special season, of course. And we all know that the giving of God's spirit to us, that he's endowed in us, is through Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, of course, there's some stories that we think, think are lessons, and I've specifically been studying over the years, just trying to get my, wrap my arms and my uh, understanding around you know, what the Lord has been teaching us, especially going back as a, to the Old Testament. And so I want to share a story with you uh, before we dive into scriptures. It's a really funny story, interesting story. Um, and if you don't mind, are you guys all right? I always ask my, as I'm speaking, are you guys okay this morning? Yeah. Amen. All right. So, you know, there's a story of, there's these two seamen. And these two seamen were, you know, training as they just, were engaged in the Navy, and as they were training, they, you know, this was their time off. And so as they go and get some liquid refreshments, and, you know, they get a lot of it, right? And so they're leaving out of the bar, and they're walking, and as they say to one another, we don't know where we're going. Do you know where we're, we're stationed and supposed to get back to our home? And so as they're going forward, they're talking on the way, and the admiral is coming down. And they say, hey, sir, do you know where we're supposed to be? And he says to them, as he has all his regalia on, do you know who I am? And they say to one another, we're in a, we're in a, a situation. We don't know where we're going, and he doesn't know who he is. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 4. There's an interesting story, and of course, just to build this up for the sake of time, to shorten this, you know, God has always shown his glory to his people because of his relationship with his people. And his glory is, is as we heard in the songs, is his presence among us. And so we see in the stories, of course, throughout the scriptures, is that God shows a tangible presence to say to his people that I'm here with you and I desire to be with you. Because that's what it's about. It's about this relationship with God and his people specifically. We see God's glory show up, of course, on, on the Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 20. We see God's glory show up as the tabernacle is being built and as the completion of that tabernacle, the glory of God fills the tabernacle that no one can enter. And it tells us that God's presence is there and it is among us. But we see in the scriptures, of course, this tangibility. And especially in the, the Hebrew scriptures, 
where God shows up for his people, not only to show that his presence is with them, that his presence also is for them. And so we come into an age, of course, in the Bible where there's these judges that show up because after Moses, after Joshua, they get into the land. God's presence is with his people, but they forget about God's presence. And so we have these succession of, of judges. We have about 14 judges. And then we end up at the 14th judge where there's God just raising up these individuals, not only to say that Israel has to be a righteous people, but know that God is with you and his presence is among you. We get to this place, of course, where there's this last judge. And as we see Samuel, a man that is born by a barren woman, and God does a miracle in his mother, and she dedicates him to the Lord. And as he is born, he is going to go before Israel and tell them about God's presence and how special God's presence is, but also how special they are. But they get to a point. And so we look in 1 Samuel chapter 4, where something interesting happens. Samuel is growing in his relationship with the Lord and God speaks to him because he's being raised up not only as a judge but also a prophet to the people to prophesy to bring them close to God to make sure that they understand that this relationship is not only just just as something an option it is vital in their lives and so in chapter 4 it says and the word of Samuel came to all of Israel now Israel is in this situation right and it says, now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer and the Philistines camped in Apex. So I'm going to just stop right there. And so what Israel understands in this situation is that they are surrounded by their enemies. Surrounded by their enemies. And you would ask the question, well, why does God allow their enemies to be surrounded around them? One is God is wanting to reach them. And also teach Israel something. Which I think is, is a lesson for us. But in verse 2 it says, And the Philistines put themselves in battle arrayed against Israel. And they joined the battle. And Israel was defeated by the Philistines. Who killed about 4,000 men in the army in the field. And when the people had come to the camp, the elders of Israel says... Why has the Lord defeated us before the Philistines? Let us bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us. And when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons, Eli, Hophni, Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came in the camp, all of Israel shouted so loudly, the earth shook. Amen. See, what they understood is this, is the presence of the Lord is powerful and mighty. And they understood that God's presence always fought for them. So they understood this. And they're in trouble, they're in, they're in war, they're in, in battle, and they're saying, listen, we need God to fight for us. Amen? 
I know I need, I need the Lord to fight my battles on a consistent basis. Sometimes it's battles outside of me, and sometimes it's battle inside of me. Amen? And so what they know is we know that the Ark of the Covenant is where God's presence dwells. Let's allow God to fight this battle for us. Right? It's interesting. But see, for me, when I was starting to read this story, it became troubling as I start to read more and more because the battle doesn't end up the way I think it should. Matter of fact, it ends up with some valuable lessons that I think even today we should always learn about God's presence. Amen. And it says this, right? When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of the great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Amen. And so for me, I always imagine, especially when I was reading this, you know, that this was almost like a worship session. It was a, it was a great worship session and a procession that was so loud that all their enemies heard and they understood there's something happening because these people are now engaged and they're engaged in worshiping the Lord. They're engaged that now we can hear their worship. And guess what? Their enemies understand this. It's almost like, you know, a great worship service. But there's something missing in their worship. There's something that it's happening there. They understand the, the tradition. They understand this is how we're supposed to do it. But the outcome is what I want us to see. Now, verse six, it says, now, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid. For they said, God has come into the camp. Amen. Aren't you glad when your enemy knows God is with you? Amen. You guys all right? Amen. Amen. They say this, and the, the verse continues on, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us. Who would deliver us from the hands of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with the plague in the wilderness. So understand this is that this is hundreds of years after the story of Exodus, but God's testimony is there still. When God does something for his people, the testimony is there that the people around understand that God has done a mighty work. And this is generation after generation later, the enemies know. Hey, we have a problem. Whenever God is with these people, the Lord defeats the enemies of Israel. Amen. And it says this in verse 8, Woe to us who will deliver us from the hands of these mighty gods. These are the gods that struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you not become servants of these Hebrews, as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated. Hmm. And every man fled to his tent 
And there was a very great slaughter, and there fell Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. So here's what we see is now there's a great worship service. There's a great noise in the camp. But at the end of the day, we have to read in the story, where is God? And why would God allow the enemies to overtake his people? Amen. And it says this. Verse 10 says, so the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. And there was a very great slaughter and there fell in Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. And the ark of God was captured. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Then the man of Benjamin ran from battle line that same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. And he, when he came, there was Eli. So Eli's the judge sitting on a seat by the wayside watching from his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came in the city and told all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he says, what of this sound? What does the sound of the tumult mean? And the man quickly told Eli, and Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were dim, so he could not see. And the man said, Eli, I am, he, I am he who came from battle and fled today from the battle line, and said, what happened, my son? The messenger answered and said, Israel had fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. There's a problem when the ark is captured because it's never before happened. Amen. It's never before happened. And in this situation, the ark of the Lord is captured and it's a lesson that God is teaching Israel and it's a lesson that God is teaching me. And I think it's a lesson that God is teaching all of us is why would this happen and why would the Lord allow this to happen? Amen. And so it tells us the glory of the Lord, which means kavod, kavod in Hebrew means the heaviness, the weight, the, the, the presence, the very essence of God's presence that's manifested, that is also tangible at times, now has left the building. Why? See, what we have to understand is God is speaking through his scriptures and he's telling us, I am not like the other gods where you just can appease me, right? See, the other gods, you would be able to give a sacrifice and you appease the gods. But here God's saying, I am here to have a relationship and you forgot about me. There's a relationship here and you've been so familiar with me that you have just allowed yourselves to say, oh yeah, that's God, that's him. He's there, he's, he's there, but we're going to do our own thing. We're going to continue to do our own thing, and we're going to only seek God sincerely when we need his help. And God's saying to us even today is, my kavod is with you, not, not only in, in the presence of the world, but it's also in you. But understand, this is a relationship. And sometimes you have to... You have to make that relationship made it important to you. 
raise it to a higher level that this isn't just, you know, business as usual and I'm just serving God just for my needs. God's saying, I desire a relationship with you. And kavod means heavy. Take that relationship with weightiness because then I show up for you. And God always shows up for us, but he teaches us, and he's teaching us these lessons is that, you know, it can't just be a stale relationship. You have to do some investment. I'm invested in you. Specifically, God is invested in all of humanity, and he most assuredly has done it through the person of Jesus Christ. That the kavod, the glory of God, not dwell just in tents, but dwell in this earth and body. Amen? You guys okay? You know, let me loosen up a little bit. Usually I do a little bit of walk, so I'm just going to stay stationary here. Amen. But it tells us about something because God's telling us and he's teaching us through these scriptures. As Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16, a lot of these scriptures are lessons for us. And it's a lesson not in just religiosity, but it's a lesson in relationship. God desires a relationship, but a sincere one. And don't allow the relationship to get stale. And this is what Israel has done, is to only relegate God to my issues. God, fight my battle. I'm going to call on you. We're going to have a worship just for you to show up for us not to show up with us. And God's saying, no, I'm not like these other gods. You may appease these other gods that can do nothing for you by sacrifices, by offerings, but this God is saying, all of the things that I've been teaching you is it is about closeness and relationship. It is about the elevation of this relationship on a continual basis. It's about elevating this relationship to a, a place that you understand month by month, season by season, week by week, it's important. Amen? And so it teaches me, even in this season, is sometimes I have to step out of my just doing to step in to investing in this relationship. It's not just enough that I just read the scriptures and study the scriptures, but it's also where is my heart at? Amen. Where's my mind at? You know, have you ever sat with a person and you're just talking to them? I mean, it happens a lot, especially in 2021, and they're just on their phone. <laughs> Amen. My wife said, uh-huh. <laughs> but they're just on their phone. And then you're just there and you're, you know, you're talking about things. You're, you're, you're talking about your day. You're talking about, and then, yeah, I get it. Yeah, sir, so such and such. And they're just there just to fulfill the time and just say, okay. What happens to that relationship? And almost it's like a duty. Oh, yeah, I'm just here. I'm not invested in you. I'm not, I'm not here that my, all of my senses is focused. I'm just here just to fulfill a duty. I'm just hearing and just listen. I'm not hearing you. I'm just listening to you. Amen. And so we are people of the kingdom and the world will be changed. By our relationship with him. Amen. And he's invested so much into us. And I'm just going to go off script and sometimes I do that. So please forgive me. Amen. 
But I want us to go to another scripture. So let's go to 2 Corinthians, amen. And chapter 1, I think it is. My fourth ask. Are you guys okay? Amen. There we go. Sorry, just want to make sure I'm at the right place. Amen. All right. Just want to go down. Uh, let me go. Amen. Sometimes I have to switch it up. The Lord has prompted me to something else specifically. And then it has to do with his presence among us, and especially right now. Amen. Maybe I'm at the wrong place. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. One fourteen. Thirteen and fourteen. You guys don't mind me to change up a little bit, amen. All right. So let's go to Ephesians chapter one, because I, I think this how this comes home is this, right? And it says this in verse chapter one, and drop down for the sake of time, verse thirteen, and it says in him you have trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom you had believed. You are you are were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the same kavod glory that God has shown us in the temple, He's invested in you. The Holy Spirit is a deposit of the promise of the things to come, and we cannot take it for granted. And it says in the rest of the verse, it says this, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So it tells us that, listen, God's kavod, his glory, is not only on the outside of us, but it's on the inside of us. And people need his presence through you. You guys get what I'm saying? Is that God's presence is in us, but we sometimes have to pay attention and quiet the noise that's around us so that we can hear what he's saying to us and not be like Israel in the time of the battle, the time of need, but the time of our joy. God wants to share in our joy. God wants to share, of course, in our problems, but God also wants to share in our day-to-day. -day. So when I go to work, guess what? God's with us. I don't just relegate the Lord to a specific day or a specific time. I relegate this relationship everywhere I go because that's where God wants to be. He wants to show up at work. He wants to show up at home. He wants to show up in my enjoyment, and he wants to be there with us. 
because guess what? He is there with us. The only thing is, it is our acknowledgement of his presence. You're vessels of the living God. The tangible reality is in our lives, and we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis about it. Amen? And so God wants that to happen. So let's go back, of course, as we begin to close this out to 1 Samuel chapter 4. Amen. So as this ends, it says this. Then it happened in verse 18 when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off his seat backwards by the side of the gate and his neck was broken and he died. And the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel 40 years. Now his daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with child, due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth for her labor pains come upon her. And about that time of her death, the woman stood by her side and said, Don't fear, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer nor regard it. Then she named the child Ichabod saying, the glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured and because her father-in-law and her husband. And she says, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. See, Ichavod means the glory has left. But what Israel didn't understand is the glory has always been there. It's just... We haven't acknowledged it. And God was saying, you can't just relegate me to the Ark of the Covenant. My presence also is with you and among you. And you can't just relegate me to just specific times. You have to understand I'm drawing close to you and near to you because that's what it's always been about. Relationship at the highest order. Israel didn't understand it. But God is saying this to us. And so this is why God has also produced a king later. And guess what that king's always, his mind was always on. He says, Lord, whatever situation I'm in, but don't take your presence from me because David understood. Guess what? What, is, what matters more in my life is the presence of the Lord. In my problems, Lord, you may take all the other things, but guess what? Your presence is what feeds me. Your presence it what gives me essence in life. Your presence is what I'm after. And so that's what God has been teaching us all this time. And now that the Holy Spirit dwells with us, Lord, your presence is here. Amen. So we don't have to ask ourselves, where is the Lord? God's saying, I'm with you. I'm among you. But prioritize this relationship. Amen. Not just out of tradition. Not just out of ordinances. But out of sincerity as a worship team comes up. Uh, out of sincerity, truth, and relationship. May the Lord God bless you. And a uh, knowing that his anointing and his presence, Kavod, glory, is with you. Amen.